When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, moving on to running back rankings. Got Saquon at number one against Seattle. Great matchup. Nothing else to say there. Josh Jacobs against New Orleans. He's been absolutely killing it over the past three weeks. Elite snap share, elite usage overall. This is looking a good matchup for him, too. The Saints have given up 4.7 yards a carry to this season to running back, so this is not the scary matchup it once was. So I'm not really worried about it, honestly. Derrick Henry against Houston. He might have 200 rushing yards in this game. Um, yeah, the matchup is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is impeccable. You know, this could be vintage Derrick Henry um, from like, you know, the past two seasons. I, I don't think 200 yards is out of the question. And obviously it's hard to project that. You don't want to be like, yeah, he's going to go for 200 yards this week. But, you know, this is where it's going to happen if he does. I, it's perfect matchup. He's had great, great games against the Texans in the past. And this is one of the worst rushing defenses that he's seen in his career. So yeah. can't wait to see it. Uh, Nick Chubb at number four against Cincinnati. Tougher than normal matchup for Nick Chubb this week, but you know, you can never bet against him. Christian McCaffrey at five in his new threads against the Rams. It all comes down to his usage. It really doesn't matter what what the matchup looks like, to be honest with you. Like I'm assuming he'll see more than 60% of snaps this week. I think he saw under what? I think around 30% of snaps. Uh, last week, uh, but I would assume it's over 60, maybe 65% this week, and gradually I'd expect that to go even higher. Do you yeah. think Christian McCaffrey ranked here at number five is too high? No, I don't think it's too high. <laughs> I don't think okay. you can ever say Christian McCaffrey is ranked too high, especially at five with his talent, the what what he can do with the ball in his hands. It's just a matter of if he's going to get the ball in his hands. And we're still not sure. You know, obviously it has been a week. He has now had a week to acclimate, but it's still, you know, new to him relatively i'd still give him a week or two yet to get fully invested in the system and with the offense up to speed but i I think that christian mccaffrey as long as he's touching the ball you know he's gonna be producing for you i'm not scared of putting him in my lineup this week at all even though like it is the rams the rams defense has been underperforming a bit i don't have a problem with it yeah i have kenneth walker at six he has been a monster ever since Rashad Penny went down. Great matchup against the Giants. They're giving up 5.7 yards a carry <laughs> to running backs yeah. this year. That's second most in the NFL. Uh, like, like here, like here's one. Like, if you had CMC and Walker, both of them, and you can only play one, you play Walker or McCaffrey. That is tough, right? Like, <laughs> I think the I way feel like you got, you kind of have to play Walker, right? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The way yeah, Kenneth so Walker's he, he should been be playing, <laughs> the matchup, you know. The way he's been playing, the, the way he's being used, and now with DK Metcalf down, obviously he was playing most of the game last week without DK Metcalf. But you know, now they're game planning with Kenneth Walker in mind. You know, he's even more of a focal point. I, yeah. I think that you know Kenneth Walker is going to be that guy again. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a top five finish. You have to keep ranking him up here. He's not going to leave this slide, I don't think, unless he gets injured. All right, I guess I got. I'll move him up to number five officially. Kenneth Walker's at five. Christian McCaffrey's at six. All because right. his workload, it's just the workload. We know the workload is going to be there for Kenneth Walker. We're still not sure about Christian McCaffrey. But if Christian McCaffrey gets back to what he had this season with the Panthers, you know, anything close to that with the 49ers, he'll be back up ahead of him, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Tony Pollard is at, at number seven here, assuming Zeke doesn't play. Uh, if Zeke plays, I'd move Pollard down to like maybe a high-end RB2 this week, expecting him to get most of the work still uh, yeah. in a great matchup against the Bears. 
Um, Alvin Kamara at eight. We talked about the Raiders giving up the six most receptions to running backs. So, you know, hoping that he gets targeted early and often in this matchup. And then we have Jonathan Taylor at nine against Washington. Uh, he should ramp up more, you know, to that elite elite snap share that he's saw he saw before his injury. Um, you know, he was he's one week removed from that injury at this point. So I would assume that it does go back up for him. Yeah. I don't think there's anything, any reason to doubt Jonathan Taylor at this point. You know, we said he was coming off that injury. They gave him the extra week off, you know, coming back from it to make sure that he was 100%. I still think they want to ease him in because as they make the stretch run, they want to make sure they have their guy healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Taylor got that up, back up to that elite usage. If he does, you know, I think we'll be ranking him much higher than nine the rest of the season. What do you think the impact is, if any, that this quarterback change has on Jonathan Taylor? If it's going to have any impact, maybe Jonathan Taylor gets more – I don't want to say he gets more looks in the passing game because he just got eight targets and caught all eight of them last week with Matt Ryan. But I, I would assume that, like, they just – they want more – they want to base this offense around Jonathan Taylor, right? And they want to control the ball. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, don't turn the ball over, right? Mm-hmm. Play controlled offense. And just keep feeding Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. like what I think they want to do. Kind of similar to what they did last year. Um, yeah. So That's true. I, I, that's kind of how I feel that this quarterback, this is that that's how the quarterback change is going to make an impact. Yeah. You know with, a rook, with a rookie quarterback, not rookie. Well, te- he's essentially a rookie. Right? Yeah, essentially. Um, Sam Ellinger. With him at quarterback, you know, someone with not much experience, you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor in your backfield. Basing the offense around Jonathan Taylor will make things easier for Ellinger, you know, by proxy. If Jonathan Taylor can get going in the run game, not only are you going to be dealing with presumably shorter second and third downs, you know, but you're also going to have the play action game open up for you, which that's going to be huge for a quarterback with not much experience. You want to make the quarterback comfortable. You don't want to ask him to do too much. And the only way to get that going is to have Jonathan Taylor get going. I think Maybe they've been playing for this. Maybe they knew they were going to bench Matt Ryan if he lost again. So they said, all right, Jonathan Taylor, let's keep you on a relative snap count. Let's take it easy getting you back in. You know, that could explain last week's lower usage. Once we get Sam Ellinger in here, you know, you're going to be the engine. That could be the case. Obviously, just speculation. But Makes sense, though. I don't think uh, that Jonathan, we have to worry about his usage being as low as it's been. I think it's going to go right back up to where it was. I have Dalvin Cook at number 10 against Arizona. Uh, Joe Mixon at 11 against Cleveland in a great matchup on the ground. But we'll see how much the Bengals you want to actually run the ball this weekend. We talked about them being super pass heavy in close games and in neutral uh, game script situations. Um, but, you know, it's a great matchup for him. I, If I was them, I would try to run the ball a little bit more because this Cleveland defense has been giving up a ton of production on the ground against running backs. So. We'll right. see what they end up doing with Joe Mixon. Um, we have Leonard Fournette at 12. We talked about him, hoping that he can get his groove back, and this is a matchup where he can. We already mentioned that the Ravens have given up, given up the fourth most receptions to running backs, uh, and also they've been given up uh, their top five in rushing uh, rushing yards. No, the top five in yards after, yards per attempt to running backs. Got I think I got that right. Yeah, this week. Yeah, solid, solid. <laughs> um, so I think he'll co- he'll come through this week and bounce back a little bit. Damian Pierce at thirteen, Ramondre Stevenson at fourteen. I'm assuming this is his role at this point with it when it comes to Ramondre. Like he's the primary running back on that squad. You know, we'll see if Damian Harris gets more involved as he gets further removed from his hamstring injury. But there's no doubt that Belichick loves Stevenson at this point. Right. Yeah. There's like you said, no doubt about it at all in my mind. I think that he's kind of ascended 
not even to RB1A and Damian Harris RB1B. It seems like Ramondre Stevenson is RB1 right now in this offense, like clear cut, because he's getting the receiving work and the rushing work. Um, they're running the offense. The run game goes through him first and foremost. Even with Damian Harris healthy, he only had, what was it, three carries last yeah. week. There, I don't think there's any question about the workload anymore. It's just, can this offense you know, produce now? Obviously, it looked good for two drives with Bailey Zappi under center, and it didn't look good with Mac Jones. So they went from having... Two weeks ago, I'd say like a pretty good problem to have. You know, Mac Jones was banged up, but Bailey's happy was playing well. You assume both of them would be serviceable. And now neither of them really look, you know, spectacular. My question is, can the Patriots offense have enough touchdowns to have Ramondre Stevenson, you know, reach his ceiling? I think having a 14 assumes that they're not going to have that at this point in time. But if this Patriots offense picks it up a little bit, I think we could start seeing Ramondre Stevenson ranked, you know, more towards the top 10 or low end RB1. Who would you rank him above right now? Right now, not this week. I, I think right now this is where he's going to sit. I might even put Travis Etienne ahead of him after the okay. James Robinson trade because yep. Travis Etienne, you know, we've seen the way he looks with the ball, the ball in his hands. I think that he's more explosive than Ramondre Stevenson, even though Ramondre Stevenson's good. But Travis yeah. Etienne is just like a I different agree. talent. I think that, you know, against Denver, I wouldn't be surprised if they're checking it down a lot to Travis Etienne. I think for production this week, I, I might put Travis Etienne above Ramondre. That, that's the only reason why I had him a little bit low just because of the overall tough matchup for the Jacksonville offense against Denver. Right. Um, that's really why I had him this low. Otherwise, he would normally be... I probably would have him over Ramondre, over Damian Pierce, um, and maybe over Joe Mixon at some point, You know, depending on, on how that looks. So, you yeah. know, right now, I, I have him ranked conservative to, uh, conservatively. Yeah. I had a couple questions come in, you know, believe it or not, on my upper hand Zach account, believe it or not. I had a couple uh-huh. questions come in about Travis Etienne. I want to get your input. Is yeah. Travis Etienne, they're asking, is he top 10 rest of season? He's an RB1 rest of season. All right. Or so yeah. you think like pretty much. Essentially pretty much. at this point. Essentially, I, I think yes. I think we're going to see much more from him. I want to call him top 10, but there's still plenty of talent ahead of him, you know, especially with Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker entering the mix. You know, and yeah. obviously Austin Eckler is not ranked this week because he's on bye. So yeah. players like him are going to slide in. I think that there's enough talent ahead of him that I can't say for sure if he's going to. Yeah, be. I, I can't I think- say for sure either. So Tony Pollard's not here normally. Mm-hmm. Neither is Zeke. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, we'll see like what if he continues to get usage. Like I could see me, myself ranking Travis Etienne over Kamara. We'll see if Jonathan Taylor bounces back. I can see myself ranking uh, Etienne over Dalvin Cook at some point. Yeah, uh, I can see me, myself ranking him over Mixon, Fournette, Pierce, Stevenson. A guy who can enter the top 10, who's not in the top 10 right now, is DeAndre Swift. Yeah, that's what I have at 17 mm-hmm. right now. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, top 12 is safe, I would say. Um, but he can definitely be in the top 10 depending on the matchup. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Here, here, here's the thing with him, right? Like, his work might end up increasing right over the next couple of weeks. And we yeah. might end up seeing him see 25 opportunities a game because he's end up he's going to be used in the pass game more. He actually hasn't been used in the pass game a ton. He's a passing down guy. We know he's capable. We know he can produce there. We know he's efficient there, but he needs to be used a little bit more for us to kind of, you know, rank him in that, you know, top seven, top eight at times. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I have Raheem Moser at 16, which is pretty high, uh, but he's going up uh, against uh, Detroit this week. So it's a great matchup for him. Uh, he's been their guy. He's been their three down back. So start him with confidence this week. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he's expected back against Miami this week. He got a full practice in 
on Wednesday, which is a great sign for his availability this week and his health, <laughs> you know, going yeah. forward. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, but, you know, I think he would like, like we said, I think DeAndre Swift is somebody that can potentially move up, you know, near that top 12 once he gets healthier. I'd be, I'd be a little disappointed if DeAndre Swift didn't look 100% after the number of weeks that he missed. You know, I, I feel like he better be at full health if he's missed as many weeks as he had. Obviously, there's questions about whether or not he'd be able to play last week, and yet he didn't. I think at this point, especially as a DeAndre Swift manager myself in a couple of leagues, you know, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't back to 100%. If, With, if he doesn't do his thing this week, I am going to be sending you a lot of trade offers. Yeah, I'm not trading him. I know what he can do. This is the thing. <laughs> you know, he's... He's missed a lot of time, but I saw that stat floating around somewhere that he's averaging eight yards a carry. It's just like he's a huge, huge asset in fantasy football when he's on the field. The only problem has been, you know, his availability. He hasn't been available. He's been injured a lot, and that's popped up a lot, not just this year, but in the years prior. His whole career, he's been injured, missing games here and there. Um, if DeAndre Swift is on the field, I'm starting him as an RB1, but that's that's just me. I think that his receiving work along with, you know, his rushing ability, he broke off in the first two games that he played. He broke off a bunch of, of big runs. That's why he's averaging close to eight yards a carry, I think. Um, so he's getting inflated a little bit by those runs, but just, just the explosive play potential, as long as he's, as he's starting, I, I'm having him in my roster 100%. It looks like that trade window could be closed shut for me just now. Like I for was now, so excited. Yeah, I, I have... <laughs> I have a vice grip on DeAndre Swift right now. I, I'm not <laughs> letting him go because I've missed him for so long. I need him to come back. <laughs> I need him. Oh, I can't. I can't afford to trade him away. His I, upside I, I is like, there. I like how you know you were, we were talking about all the negatives, and then as soon as I mentioned trading for him, you're like, nope. Here's why I like him. Despite it's, all the negatives, you're a great salesperson, fact, Zach. Despite the fact that he has left me out to dry for five weeks now, I'm still waiting for him to come back to make that push. <laughs> it's gonna happen. All right. Good for you, man. Good for you. That was solid right there. Um, <laughs> Devin Singletary at 18. Dallas Henderson at 19. Aaron Jones at 20. You know, Aaron Jones had a good week last week. But, you know, this offense has been tough to trust. This backfield has been tough to trust. And going up against Buffalo. In Buffalo. And I can see Aaron Jones having a good game. Like, any given game, Aaron Jones can do his thing. He just needs the opportunity. Right? He can be efficient. He, just need, he, they, they target, he got targeted 10 times last week. That's great. Right. But how yeah. often is that going to happen? We want that to happen. I think we can have it happen often if they use him properly, but it just hasn't been the case for him. Dale Henderson, I think he's solid. A little bit of a tough matchup for him this week, um, but I would assume he's going to see more than 70% of snaps, and anytime a running back sees 70% of snaps, he should be in your lineup. Yeah. I've, I'm tempted to say, like, Daryl Henderson more, but he just hasn't been very explosive than, you know, Devin Singletary. Um, yeah. I think the Bills are going to kind of put on a clinic against the Packers, even though the Packers' yeah, defense is so, not anything and, to sneeze at. And for that reason, you know, I don't blame anybody for starting Henderson over Singletary because you know that Henderson's going to get, like, 15 touches in this game, at least. Um, mm -hmm. With Singletary, like, he hasn't played a huge factor in games where they, they blew teams out. Yeah. Right? And that might happen on Sunday night. It's a Sunday that night game? Possible. Out. Sunday night game against Green Bay. That might happen. <laughs> um yeah poor packers right i i can totally see the bills like absolutely destroying them however and they're at home yeah. however the packers aren't really that great against running backs on the ground so it's possible that singletary can get some usage right in the run game and end up having a good game so 
that's the reason why I have him at 18, because I think it's a decent matchup. Mm-hmm. I, I think okay. so. Let's move on to 21 through 30. I have Miles Sanders at 21. Michael Carter at number 22. I have Michael Carter here. I think he's going to be the primary running back this week. Um, you know, a, a, as long as James Robinson is kind of ramping up a little bit in, into the offense, I think he'll be involved right away because they did trade for him earlier in the week so that, you know, he'll be available for this game and run through all the practices and all that. You know, he practiced yesterday for the Jets. And, you know, it's funny because he was a little upset that Doug Peterson was saying that he had a knee injury because he doesn't. He's like, I just think that what he said was, I just think that he just didn't want me to play. And I think that yeah. they were just trying to give more touches to ETN and phase me out of the run game. But m- my knee's fine, and I'm playing. Um, so that was interesting. So, but anyway, I think Michael Carter, you know, is a solid play this week, you know, with James Robinson, you know, ramping up against the Patriots. Um, I would play Michael Carter as like a low-end RB2. Yeah, I think that's fair. And we talked about this a little bit, I think it was two days ago. But um, with James Robinson, you know, I'm not worried about him this week especially. I'm not really too worried about James Robinson cutting into Michael Carter's workload the rest of the season. I think Michael Carter is going to get those passing game touches, which we know are more valuable than the run game touches. But just talking about James Robinson real quick about, you know, how Doug Peterson maybe didn't want him to just play, just didn't want him to play. It seems like he was getting a little bit of the Urban Meyer treatment from Doug Peterson at the end there. I think he's probably going to be much happier on the Jets, you know? Hopefully. It seems like the Jets have I mean, yeah, I mean, use him. he said it himself because he's like, hey, I just went from two and five to five and two. Well, yeah, you can look at it. That's very surface level. He's like, okay, man, my record just got better and I might be playing yep. the playoffs this season compared to, you know, with the Jaguars. But I, I think that, you know, his usage, I think that even though I think James Robinson understands and everyone understands that, you know, he's a replacement for Brees Hall. But I think they have plans to use him. They're not going to have – it's not like Michael Carter is going to be a guy that they're going to be like, all right, we got to get him on the field before James Robinson, and we'll hold James Robinson off the field just because we want Michael Carter to play. I don't think that's the case. I think they're happy to have uh, both these guys in the backfield. I don't think James Robinson is going to be a non-factor, um, as he's been the past couple of weeks with Travis Etienne, you know, obviously on the come up. So look out for that. I still think Michael Carter's a guy to have, but just something to note. And I do have James Robinson here in the top 30, by the way. I have him yeah. at RB30 this week. And that might be a little high. That might be a little, you know, optimistic. But I do think he's going to be pretty involved from, from the get. Um, I have James Robinson – I'm sorry, James Conner at number 23. David Montgomery at 24. Gus Edwards at 25. We talked about him. I'm assuming Conner will be back this week. He, he came back to a limited practice on Wednesday. I would assume that he's going to play. He has a rib injury, right? It's not like a lower lower body injury or anything like that. I think – he'll end up playing if his ribs are still a little messed up i would assume that it's just a pain management type of issue at this point um dow williams also practiced right so keep that in mind when you're starting him james connor you know with him being out for so long with you know benjamin being benjamin being involved and looking good last week dow williams you know coming back also i'm very curious to see like if james connor ends up getting a full workload this week. I don't think he's going to get a full workload this week. I think he might get, you know, 50 to 60% of snaps, something like that, right? And we'll see if that ends up ramping up moving forward. Uh, Right now, he's a little bit hard to trust, so I have him as a low-end RB2, but I would play him over guys like David Montgomery and Gus Edwards. Yeah, I I think that's the way you have to treat it. You know, especially, like I said, talking about David Montgomery, I think that it could be, you know, all the Bears running backs this week. Um, if Dallas can get pressure on Justin Fields, it could be a run-heavy game for them, and that would mean Khalil Herbert. You know, obviously David Montgomery is not going to be able to take every single um, rush attempt. Khalil Herbert is also explosive. He could, you know, produce alongside David Montgomery and kind of cap his his ceiling a little bit. I I'm worried about James Conner right now just because of the injury. Um, I'm not sure I'd have him this high. I might put David Montgomery above him, 
But um, that's about as low as I put James Conner. I wouldn't put James Conner in the RB3 territory just yet. Gus Edwards at 25. I got Deontay Foreman at 26. And this is assuming – so this is assuming that Chuba Hubbard plays. Okay, listen. So here's how I have it. He is at 26 right now, Deontay Foreman. This is assuming that Chuba Hubbard plays, but is a little bit banged up. Okay? Yeah. Now, if Chuba Hubbard does not play in this game, I'll move Deontay Foreman up to maybe – I'll move him up to right after Aaron Jones at maybe 21. Actually, no. I'm going to play him after Miles Sanders. I'll play Miles Sanders over him, and I'll play Deontay Foreman maybe over Michael Carter. I think right. I'll have him at RB22, move him up like four spots uh, if they don't have um, if they don't have uh, Chuba Hubbard in that game. That's how I'll play him as a low-end RB2 if if there's no Chuba Hubbard. But for yeah. now, I have him as a high-end RB3, flex play. Um, but we'll see. Chuba Hubbard did not practice on Wednesday, so keep that in mind. He was, he was in a red no-contact jersey, and he was riding the bike. So he's not, uh, you know, he he wasn't playing. We'll see if he ends up playing this week. If he doesn't, DeAndre Foreman gets an upgrade. Yeah, I think Dante Foreman's going to be a, a decent starter. Like we said, I, I don't think we're going to see performance like we did last week from the Panthers offense every week. Um, I think we're going to slowly see them descend back into mediocrity. But, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, we talk about Deontay Foreman, you know, if he's getting majority touches and that kind of thing, I think you can have him in the lineup. I think he's best used as a flex um, and a pinch RB2. That's it. I don't think his upside is very high. Brian Robinson at 27, uh, Jabal Williams at 28, Kareem Hunt at 29, and James Robinson at 30. The guys that I have above them, so the guys that I have below these guys are like Najee Harris, right? Are you starting Najee Harris over any of the guys that I just mentioned? No. Not at this point. Even e- even James Robinson? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, because, um, well, yeah, they're playing ahead. the Eagles, which is a pretty horrific matchup. Exactly. <laughs> so... And that's that's part of the reason I was like, are the Pittsburgh might not even be able to move the ball, yeah, in this game. Um, you know, they, they scored three points against the Bills, so you know it's going to be a tough matchup <laughs> for them. So I have Najee yeah. Harris lower at, I think I have him at thirty-one this week. Uh, but let me ask you this: Khalil Herbert, right? Khalil Herbert, I would play Khalil Herbert over Najee. Are you mm-hmm. playing Khalil Herbert over any of these other guys that I just mentioned? Would you play him over James Robinson? I actually might. Yeah, just, I think so. I think the- Khalil Herbert should be moved up here. Yeah. The only thing I was thinking was like Dallas. Yes, they could run the ball, but like, are they going to be run heavy if Dallas gets up in this game? That's kind of my thought process there. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen the way Dallas plays. They have. I don't know if they have the offensive firepower like they did to go way up on a team. I think sure. they could go up, but not way up, which would mean it wouldn't be a complete negative game script. But I think regardless of what's going on, I'm not sure how much success the Bears are going to have in the past game with the Cowboys pass rush coming after Justin Fields, who has been yeah. extremely vulnerable. You know, he gets flustered pretty easily by pass rush. So I think this could be a big game for David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, just because, you know, if there is one, you know, bone to pick with the Cowboys defense, it's the, it's the rush defense. So I, I, I think both of these guys could do really well. They did well against uh, the Patriots last week. I think that both Bears running backs could be good this week. So we have Khalil Herbert. Uh, we moved him up to above Najee. We moved him up to above Najee, uh, James Robinson. So he's at 30 right now. Would mm-hmm. you play him over Kareem Hunt? No. I think Jamal, Hunt... Williams, Jamal Williams, Brian Robinson. No, I, I don't think no. so. Brian Robinson has okay. more work cut out for him. Jamal Williams has had a role regardless of who's in the backfield. And Kareem Hunt has receiving upside that Khalil Herbert just does not have. Okay. Awesome. 
cool man i think that's it so we have yeah. our final so james robinson i'm sorry you have been kicked out of the top 30 officially <laughs> but, but we're excited to see what you do <laughs> we appreciate you guys thank you so much for listening that's going to do it for this podcast uh if you could subscribe to the podcast feed over on apple Podcasts or spotify that would mean the world to us again we talked about upper, uh, underdog fantasy earlier if you want to put some entries in for tonight's game go to uh, download the underdog app use the code upper hand to get a full deposit double on your first deposit <laughs> nope yeah nope that's not it that's not it <laughs> use the code upper hand to double your first deposit up, up to hundred dollars or underdog yeah. okay there we go. that's it there we go all right i appreciate you guys thanks for listening and we'll see you guys tomorrow at noon eastern time to go over wide receiver rankings tight end rankings and we're going to review thursday night football take it easy guys see ya <laughs>